UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And we're going to talk about Michigan's loss in the Outback Bowl by a score of 26-19 to to the South Carolina Gamecocks. Well, Andy, what did you think about that one? I was very disappointed. Sorry to see Michigan shoot itself in the foot five times, five miscues too many. And uh, they had a winnable game there that simply slipped away from them again. So they ended this year, much like they ended last year, with, uh, and this time with three straight losses. And that's not really too palatable, but nothing can be done about it. I was very disappointed in the offense. I was disappointed in both the running and the passing games. Uh, Peters threw. I thought he might come through and have an outstanding game and get a leg up for uh, his stint as quarterback next year for the quarterback competition that's coming uh, with uh, Patterson um, from Mississippi coming in. Uh, it's going to be uh, quite a quite a competition there, I think. And I, I thought Peters would have quit himself better than he did. All of, the, all of it wasn't his fault. Again, the offensive line didn't show up to play. I don't know why a team that practices against the blitz all the time can't protect its quarterback. I mean, they practice against one of the best defensive blitzes in the country all the time. And still, they can't protect your quarterback, and the quarterback keeps getting hit and keeps getting hurt. So there are a lot of things I didn't like, the time management. I didn't like the fact they didn't have a timeout when they needed one. When the uh, when McKean, uh, tight end, uh, tried to play as a back and took a snap that was dropped, they had the wrong people on the field. If they had an extra timeout, had another timeout, they had one left, but if they had another, they would have been able to uh, uh, perhaps um, stop that play and get the right personnel in there. Somebody should have seen it. Either Peters or the people or, uh, or the coach, Arbalest, should have seen that and stopped that play. So there were a lot of things that you didn't want to write home about uh, in that game. It was very disappointing. Um, I didn't think the play calling lived up to that opportunity either. So just so many things wrong and so very disappointing at this time of the year. Now, I'm not on the band or I'm going to get rid of Harbaugh. Because Harbaugh is the best you probably can get. And he's all that you got right now. And it's up to him for $7 million to straighten out some of these bad things that have happened to him this year. They've got to get an offensive line. And in that offensive line, they need a couple of real good tackles. If they could get somebody to come in, a fifth-year fifth graduate guy or somebody come in to help with the tackle mess, uh, it would be good. I know that you all good Michigan fans were disappointed with this one. I know that you were too, but let's hear your take. Well, the really disappointing thing was that... Um, the real disappointing thing was that you had a game that you watched the first half 
And, you know, it, it's a sloppy bowl game, Andy, okay? You know, you have Michigan's offense kind of sputtering, you know, kicking field goals. Um, you bet. You have South Carolina looking like they didn't even want to be there. And, mm-hmm. you know, on its face, if, if you take the, the names off the jerseys, you really had kind of a crappy football game. And and it really, I mean, again, it, it's not exactly the kind of show you want to put on to a national television audience. It's not exactly the show you want to put on when you're, um, you know, trying to show that the program is going in the right direction, trying to put on a show for the alums and the recruits and everything. So that's the first thing. So you get to the second half, and and really it looked like the offense was warming up a little bit. And my take was, okay, you know, this is what happens when you take a month off, um, you know, following your, your final regular season game, and you're mixing new guys in. You know, things are a little sloppy, but it looked like Michigan had the game well in hand. And you are about to drop the hammer on, you know, on South Carolina. You're going in to score, and you are, you know, really, the way South Carolina was looking, that was pretty much going to be the game right there. And and you give up those 13 points in quick succession. And I'll tell you, being at the game, you could just feel, you know, it went from... Uh, you know, first of all, you know, let's talk about attendance. So they say the place sit, seats 65,000. They say there was 45k. That's very generous. But up until those 13 points, it was really a pro-Michigan crowd. It was you heard the Michigan fans. It really seemed like a like a Michigan home game away from home. But boy, I tell you, that second touchdown, you know, that 13-point swing. The stadium just came alive with SEC and South Carolina. It went from a from a pro Michigan to a hostile environment very quick. And and again, you know Harbaugh said it in the post game press conference. You let him hang around. You let him hang around. Stuff happens. Um, you know I, I think the disappointing thing for me. Well, well, okay. I have piles of disappointment in this game. First. First, again, you have five turnovers, which is just absurd. You had special teams turn into, you know, a disaster. And, you know, I'm not going to, you know, throw Donovan Peoples-Jones under the truck. I mean, I thought it was very classy how he owned, you know, his his poor performance and and said that Mm -hmm. he was going to work to get better. I appreciate that. That's great. But we've been saying all we've been saying all this season that the point where that you might miss your Bill Peppers the most was on special teams, because forget the fact that he was a dangerous returner, he was consistent, he was safe, he didn't turn the ball over, you didn't have to worry. So the, the you know what you want on special teams is to do no harm, and you did absolute harm. Okay, so you had that. Then you had Quinn Nordine, you know, grabbing his crotch. Okay, you know, come on. And, and and it's frustrating because, okay, I don't care how good this team is. You shouldn't be doing that. You're definitely not good enough to do that, you know, when you're freaking eight and four. Okay? I mean, that's, that is that is punk-ass bullshit. Pardon my French. And, and I, you know, I saw it, and I'm like, guys, really? 
So then, you know, the game turns. So, again, special teams was a disappointment. Um, I, I think the attitude of the players was a little disappointing that, that they seemed to act like, and, I, and I'll point out Quinn Nordine. He, he had it. You know, they were, you know, they were too good for South Carolina. Well, okay. So then, um, you know, you have two chances in the closing minutes. You get the ball back. Your defense holds, prevents a field goal, prevents the game getting truly out of hand. And, and they couldn't gain enough yards to bury themselves in. And, oh. and, and it's just, you look at this and, you know, you had the, the, the third and one, they didn't, you know, throw a pass, fourth and one, throw a pass. What are you doing? Okay, and at a certain point, you know, I don't know, you know, it was funny because when Harbaugh was a quarterback here, he would change the play to to accommodate the situation, and, and he would get in trouble, but he would say, okay, this is stupid, we're going to do what we need to do. You know, you got to get a field goal, or I'm sorry, you got to get a first down before you can go for the field goal or go for the touchdown. you gotta, you got to get the first down. Forget this, yep. you know, getting getting cute going downfield, and yep. it's just it just wasn't very good football, and I think that's the that's the really overriding frustrating thing for me, you know. We've talked about this. It's not the loss necessarily; it's how you lose, and you know you have the the little crotch grab, you have the game that really was a play away from being a blowout. You have, you know, you're going to put Sean McCoon in the in the backfield to take a snap, and he's not exactly geared for that. And why are you calling a play that you can't execute? And um, again, it boggles, it boggles the mind that the, the game management has been so poor. It's like they have a, an offense that is called by a committee. Like, you know, it seemed the first two years that Harbaugh was truly in charge of what went on offensively. And this year it hasn't seemed that way. They've seemed more tentative. They don't know what they're doing out there sometimes. It's just mind-boggling to me that that's been going on. And maybe they got to get rid of that committee. I, I hear rumors uh, from reliable sources now that Ennis may, be the, may come there as a coach. Dan Ennis said, uh, ex-Michigan Stater. Uh, I never did when he was a Michigan Stater. like him very well, but if he becomes a Wolverine, I'll like him well enough then. And they've, they've got another uh, guy that knows Don Brown, and I can't for the life of me remember his name. I've only seen it once. But he was at Boston College for a while, and Don Brown knew him there. And he might come on board, too, so they might have a couple of hot ones that are going to be there. The kind of ironic thing is that the second guy, whose name I can't remember, uh, was was at Slippery Rock for a while. He's been at uh, Boston College and other, and other places and have a little better reputation at Slippery Rock, but it's kind of ironic that we'd be thinking of getting a coach that has slippery rock um, experience. But anyway, he might be very uh, very good. I don't know. Uh, but rumors of something happening are getting more rampant and um, seem
to have at this time uh, more truth to them than they did before when it was all pure speculation. Well, Andy, right. Andy I'll tell you. So, and again, I, I don't want to, you know, get past this game just just so sure. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, they let you go down to the field, which is which is a special treat, right? So, I'm at the far end zone. And I'm waiting, and I'm thinking, okay, Michigan's going to come down here, score, go to overtime, maybe go for a two-point, go for the win. They had two drives. They didn't get within freaking 80 yards of me. And, That's right. And you're standing down there, and you're in the, the South Carolina end zone, and they're hooting and hollering and yelling, and, and it's just, it was really embarrassing because you really went, from a point where, you know, you had the game in the palm of your hand and you let it slip away, and then you couldn't even execute. You just you couldn't get stuff done. So, um, now, there, there was, believe it or not, some good news. Um, Harbaugh was once again asked in the post-game press conference if there was any way he'd leave for the NFL, and he was very emphatic, gave one of his patented withering looks, that, that that wasn't going to happen, and, and and I believe him. Okay, I I don't think I you know I don't believe we're going to see him leave the way things are. I I don't think that he would do that. Um, you know, now the reality is though, is that there is a lot of work to be done here, and you know we can talk about where. Rich Rod was after three years, and where Hoke was, you know, in a similar case. And and the reality is, now we have to look at, you know, where is, where is Harbaugh? And mm-hmm. what changes need to be happened? I mean, I will tell you that I am completely done with Tim Drevno. Now, I'm not buying the it's plays by committee. Listen, they're all listening in. At a certain point, somebody's making the decision. Um, you know, I don't, ultimately, Harbaugh is responsible, and, and he said as much. Oh, yeah, of course he is. I mean, but I think, mean but, but, he's but, making all the calls. But the larger question here is, so let's go back that, you know, under Rich Rod, the offensive line wasn't that great. Under Brady Hoke, the offensive line wasn't that great. Under Jim Harbaugh, the offensive line isn't that great. I hate to see that consistency of of, uh, of failures. Because you're going to run out of quarterbacks after a while. Well, Peter's Peter's been hurt in two in two games of these consecutive games that he's played. Well, and Andy, let's so, let, let's go back. What was what happened to Rich under Rich Rod? His first yeah, year, he had no offensive line, and, and the quarterbacks got killed. And then that's right. You know, Denard got banged up. And then, you know, again, you just look at it, you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, Devin Gardner got killed, you know, when Hoke was here. And he, he, in a press conference, Devin Gardner said, I'm afraid for my life out there. I mean, a, you know, the beating you know, that that guy took is unbelievable. So you look at this, you're going, okay, so the offensive line is super critical. Now, let's look at the quarterback play. So Harbaugh is supposed to be the quarterback whisperer, and, and you know we've def- I've called him that, and I think he has a track record of that. Oh my God, Brandon Peters and Sean O'Corn look lost out there. You know, 
John O'Corn looks like he's flinging it all over the field. He looks like he's playing one of those arcade games where you're just trying to throw the ball, throw as many passes as you can before the time runs out. Forget about accuracy. It's just, it, it's really disappointing to, to see. It's frustrating. Um, you know, you mentioned that we have some, you know, some some young quarterbacks on the roster. We have some quarterbacks transfer coming in. We have, you know, some recruits. But, you know, at this point, you know, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I'm not, you know, in the, among the growing um, tribe who are screaming for Harbaugh's head. I mean, if if I had to say anything, we're kind of at yellow alert right now. <laughs> I mean, not happy. Um, but, boy, next year sure, sure becomes super critical because, yes, it does. you know, it, it does. Yeah, what do you, I had two comments to make. One is that I listened to the comments of the opposing team, one of their good defensive players afterwards, and he said that Michigan ran totally predictable patterns, that the tight end ran a, ran a certain scheme all the time, the wide receiver ran a certain scheme all the time, and they began to look for that and could nail it after bit after the game went on and i also learned that and he said the running game uh um, gives itself away by its formations that it's not very sophisticated really doesn't trick anybody um, and that they could follow that good the guy played a good game so he did know what was going on to a degree their defense was better in their offense but the other thing I wanted to mention was that we have a graduate assistant coaching the wide receivers. I thought there should, I think there should be a dedicated coach to those fellows, and we could get some of this stuff worked out. Maybe I don't like the idea of a graduate assistant uh, guiding the core of wide receivers at Michigan. If that's true, I don't know. I haven't checked on it, but that's what I've heard. Again, there are so many problems. There are so many fires that need to be put out that, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, take your pick. Um, well, what it, is, what it is, it's sad that they're at the state that they're in at this point in time. And I don't know how they're going to solve the problems. See, you and I, looking from where we're looking, we can't even tell what the real problems are, much less how to solve them. And nobody looking in from the outside has that ability. Now, you know what, Andy? I, I have to disagree with you a little there. I mean, um, what the only thing that matters is what we're seeing on the field. This is not preseason practice. This is not trying to read the tea leaves of Harbaugh talking at press conferences. We have three seasons of games that we can look and, and see what's happening. Now, oh, absolutely. You know, so, I, I, I'm not contesting the fact that they're dumb. I'm just saying that I, for instance, maybe you do, but I don't know how that you can solve those with any real certainty. And I don't know if the coaching staff does or not. I don't have the faith in them that I had prior to this season. Um, I don't think they had a very good season. I don't think they did well. 
So I think, and, uh, you know, I, I said heading into this game that I really didn't care about the bowl game because uh, it was a practice. There was no way, there was no win big enough that would that would bail out our season. And, that's true. And the loss, loss was just going to pile on. This was worse. Yeah. This was worse yeah. than, than what I expected. It, yeah. it made, I'll tell you, it was funny. I, I left and I'm like, God, were we 7-6 and six this year? I really had to look to, to remember we were 8-5 and five because yeah. I felt so bad right in the minutes after the game that I was like, gosh, we even have been in a ball game. I mean, it just it just really looked bad. Um, it, it, the whole program, it's one thing you can lose a game. Somebody kicks a field goal, somebody goes for two points and get it, and it's a close, hard-fought game. And, and it looks like you know how to play football, but when your team is inept at important periods in the game, and Michigan was inept in this game, then it's embarrassing. Um, I, I want better for the University of Michigan than that. They don't have to win every game, but they sure as hell have to look like they know what they're doing while they're playing. And in this case, in five instances, they didn't know what they were doing, and they didn't look like a good football team, I thought. Uh, they very truly embarrassed themselves, and I was sorry for that. I don't like to see that happen there. But that game was an embarrassment, if there ever was one. So, more good news. Chase Winovich has announced that he will return. Um, I, you know, that, that'll be good for the defense. But you know, Absolutely. But, you know, Andy, the defense isn't the problem. And I think that's what's... Oh, no. That's, that's what's bizarre to me in this, is that, you know, you know, here, and I keep going back, you know, because we're in this... You know this trilogy of coaches. We had Rich Rod, who could, whose defense couldn't, you know, stop anything. And then you had a defense which, you know, improved under Hope, but the offense kind of got inept. And now we're back to the defense being good. And really, we expected Harbaugh to fix the offense. And if we if we had an offense that scored points, that defense would look even better because. What do we have? One? How many touchdowns did we have in this last game? Well, again, so, and, and you know, again, you, you have a problem where, you know, again, they always say, well, the different units pick each other up. The defense, yeah. you know, it's one thing to pick up the offense after a couple bad stalled drives, but you're picking up the offense, you're picking up the special teams, at a certain point, you gotta you gotta believe that the defense gets pretty frustrated being sent out there over and over again. And what's interesting well, is that's exactly how it was under under Rich Rod. You know, the, the offense would be three and out, and here comes the defense again, and the defense was getting run into the ground. And it, it's just interesting to watch. You know, I think about where we were heading into the last three games of last season versus where we are right now. And it does feel like things have taken an ominous turn. So, yes, it does. It does seem that way. It does seem that way. Well, there'll be plenty of Kool-Aid put out there this year again, you know. Um, a lot of the a lot of the press does not get to see the team practice in a scrimmage in any meaningful practice. If they do get to see him, they see him stretching and 
and kicking field goals and punting and stuff like that, that they don't see them in actual scrimmages, I don't think. Or at least there is only a select few that does. So what the press seems to rely a lot on what the coaches say to them, not having seen it themselves, but when you see the games, then you, then you learn a lot because that is the way that it is. How they appear in games is the team that they are. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.